Hi, I'm Brenda. And I'm Elaine. We're sisters. Welcome to the Body Wealth Podcast, a space for conversations about the wealth that really matters, your best health. Thyroid hormones control the way our bodies use energy. So if your thyroid is underactive, called hypothyroidism, you may have low energy or problems with organs, including your heart. Today, Elaine and I will be talking to Kendra Plummer, a vibrant young woman diagnosed with hypothyroidism when she was in college. Having this chronic condition has forced her to learn how to navigate the healthcare system to maintain personal peace. Hey, Kendra. (laughs) How are you doing? I am great. How are you? I'm good. Elaine, how are you? I'm good today. Good today. (laughs) That's good. So before we introduce you, I'm your auntie, so I get to brag. So Kendra is my niece. I have known her since she was born. She is smart, beautiful, hardworking, just a joy to have in the family. And before we get started, we want to give you an opportunity to share what you might want about yourself to introduce yourselves. Yeah, so I am a first year grad student at George Washington University. I'm getting my master's in mental health counseling with the goal to be a therapist, preferably in a university setting, working with women of color, even more specifically black women, just to talk about mental health and help them through struggles that we just normally don't talk about. So that's been fun. I just moved to DC recently. I love the area and it's just been nice getting to study what I'm interested in while also enjoying like a new social scene. And that's something that is really needed. You being in that space will be helpful to so many people. I know. I hope so. We actually talked to a young woman for this podcast who sought mental health care when she was at university and was assigned to a group therapy session where she was the only black woman and it could have been better. (laughs) Actually group therapy is usually recommended on alongside independent therapy. Like it definitely should not be a base because it's just easy to get lost because not everyone feels comfortable sharing and a bunch of things, but yeah. Oh, great. I'm excited for you in that journey. But today we're here to talk a little bit about something else with you. When you were in college, you were originally diagnosed with the underactive thyroid or hypothyroidism. Can you tell us what that is and then how you came to be diagnosed with that? Yeah. My understanding of it is just that my thyroid just doesn't do everything it's supposed to in terms of like regulating my hormones. And I found out because it wasn't producing whatever hormone helps with our menstrual cycle. And so one summer I was feeling really tired. It was like, it was like this my sophomore year of college. I was feeling super tired and more than the usual, like we're students or I feel like I'm always tired, but this was like, I don't usually take naps and I felt like I had to nap all the time. I would be driving and I felt like my eyes were heavy and I'm like, this is like a fatigue of a different level. Mm -hmm. So that was strange in itself, but maybe a month or so after I felt just constantly tired, my period didn't show up one month. And because I wasn't sexually active, it was easy to rule. Like, I feel like when that happens, it's like two things you go between (laughs) it, like either I'm pregnant or something is wrong. And so it was easy to rule out the first one. I made an appointment with my gyno and she 
I didn't, she didn't know I had, of course she's looking at me too, like sister, did you take a test? But I'm like, that's not, it's not, it's not an option. Um, so then immediately she made me get blood work done. When she got the results back, she was like, your thyroid basically isn't whatever levels they look at. were like close to zero. She was like, and it's not producing anything. And she was actually surprised that like, cause I was maybe 20. She was just surprised that, I don't know, this was the first time that I'd missed a month because my period was regular all up until this point. Mm -hmm. So she referred me to an endocrinologist. And then that's where the journey started. He explained to me basically that the next step would be to take this medicine daily called levothyroxine, which is basically just means like, like a synthetic thyroid is just replacing what my thyroid isn't doing. And he explained to me that it would be like a lifelong thing there's not really a cure for it so it's like every morning now I am on the smallest dose thankfully that's where we started and I've been there for years but I just take it every morning 30 minutes to an hour before I eat which is just difficult because if you wake up late and you're just hungry like yeah it's easy to skip and I will admit that I'm not the most consistent but when I don't take it I see the I feel tired again my period's late it's just a lot do you have any sense of what may have caused your thyroid to stop functioning? No. And that will be, at least it wasn't explained to me. And I'm now getting to an age where I've started to do more research and maybe just because I'm older. But at the time, I feel like I took the diagnosis. I was like, okay, he told me what I need to do. And I was just like, I, that sounds right to me. And because I saw like the next month, my period came. So I was like, okay, it, it works. It's, it's working. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if it was like a buildup of like clearly because my period was regular before, I don't know, wear and tear, I clearly just started to malfunctioning more as I got older, but. Uh, 20, older. Yeah, 20, older. <laughs> and I, so when yeah. you take the medicine, do you have any other side effects? Or? Um, no, I used no, to feel like, yeah, no, that's good. I think at the beginning, actually, my stomach used to hurt a little bit. It used to feel strange. I don't know. So I'm just not someone not a big breakfast person. So like, depends on when I wake up and I know that's not even close to food, but I don't, I just didn't like consuming things early in the morning. And I had to like, I have to drink a lot of water with it. So I had to like force myself to drink at least a, a glass while I take the medicine. It was just a stomach hurt a little bit, but nothing that I've noticed, no mood changes. So when you started taking this medicine, did your energy come right back? So you started to not be as tired and feel more energy? Uh, from what I remember as well, I wasn't immediately, but maybe like three weeks or so after it wasn't like immediate shift but I knew for a fact that I was less like like my eyes like when I would blink every blink felt like they weren't going to open again like every blink <laughs> felt very heavy so mm-hmm. I felt it's for sure I'm like okay this is definitely correct something was underactive this medicine is now filling the void for sure but I was just nervous just because when you get like I don't know it just sounded serious in my head even though he explained yeah. to me, it's it's not like you're going to be okay right it's not um I'm not going to die or it, no one's ever died from this. It's chronic. So that kind of, that made me nervous. Cause I'm like, so all my life this is going to be something that I have to deal with or tell people about, or like, I noted it when I go to the doctors, you know, when they ask you your medicine. Mm-hmm. In terms of your future, I know as a young woman, you probably thought about, you know, potentially having children later or some of the other things that you might make choices about. And so is that something you asked the doctor about or you've done some research about how this could potentially affect those kind of things? I don't think I, I haven't sat down as a doctor just because I'm like, I'm not thinking about it enough, but I definitely have Googled on my own just out of curiosity. 
I remember reading that like when you're breastfeeding and things, they either ask you to stop or mm-hmm. so I remember looking up like does level because I'm like, oh, this is forever. Like obviously one day, hopefully I'll be a mom or want to get pregnant. And I wanted to know if I would have to stop and how that would work because I need it to like regulate things. Right. And I remember reading multiple things, but basically it's like neutral. Like they were like, we haven't found any evidence that it can harm a baby but they also weren't sure. And that kind of made me nervous because I'm like, like how many studies have they done? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. And Cause I feel like it's not something enough that people like, I don't know how many researchers sitting, researchers are sitting down and like having meetings about underactive thyroids. Fairly common hypo oh. or hyper both is something to definitely talk to your doctor about later. If you want yeah, to, yeah. when the time comes, yeah, <laughs> right. I'm like, no, thank you. Not right now. Like if I miss, if I have a bad week of not taking it, I'm, I'm okay. But usually after a week, I will start to feel tired. So of course, for nine months, I'm like that. We can't do that. When I ask my doctor, I'm sure he'll tell me. He could tell me. Right. So you go to an endocrinologist for this mm-hmm. condition. How often do you have to see the doctor? It used to be every three months for maybe two years or so. And then because I was responding so well, we now do every six months. Mm-hmm. I just saw him recently, actually. So I have this and then... Mm-hmm because I'm so high stress level, or this is what we think at least caused it. So I get my blood taken every time I see him and he checks for just different things. Even he's pretty thorough. Like he checks like the back of my neck and like nodes and situations Mm -hmm. like that, just to make sure, because that's pretty common. I do actually have some sort of node right now, which he thinks is artificial, but I'm going to get an ultrasound before my next appointment Mm -hmm. to make sure. But one time he saw the back of my neck was a little dark. So then he checked to see if um, my insulin levels were okay and my blood, he is pretty on it because that's a sign of diabetes. But one time in my blood work, my prolactin levels, which mm-hmm. I learned about through him, it produces breast milk, were super elevated, which is really strange because he's looking at me and I'm like, I once again, I am not, there is no child in me because he was just like, this protein is specifically to make breast milk. Like there's no other function for it. And it was weird because up until this appointment, like leading up, I kept complaining to my mom that my nipples were really itchy. And I felt like my skin was dry. But like, I remember because it was laughing because she was like, Kendra, can you stop? But I was like, I cannot. Like they, I don't know what's going on. And I would put Vaseline. I wasn't going to bring it up because I didn't think it was in his domain. Right. (laughs) Right. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And he was like, yeah, that would make sense because you have this gene. He was like, have you like seen any leaking? And I was like, leaking like I could produce breast I wouldn't be surprised and I was like no no but because of that he was like sometimes stress for some I don't know exactly how science wise but it can like cause he said false elevations like it, it was actually elevated that was true but not because I was pregnant like my hormones are, were so out of whack that my body maybe thought I was pregnant because the stress can produce similar so your body just started making prolactin yes, prolactin I'm pregnant. And I was just like, so he then prescribed me something called capergoline, which I take also a small dose, but twice a week. What is that for? It's to use the prolactin in my body. And so that was also, I was just like, what? And that's when I was like, okay, I either need to find better ways to relax because this is ridiculous. So I've been taking that by my recent appointment because I've been responding so well. I actually have been taken off of that after two years. It's been fun, but um, just... It just was eye-opening to me. Like all of this, I just had no, like it just emphasizes how much the mind and the body are connected because yes, my stress did not cause my underactive thyroid, but this whole situation um, connected with it, it just kind of was the icing on the cake for me. I was like, 
so you feel like powerful yeah that the stress contributed to the the prolactin issue yeah for sure and even sometimes when my period like I'll my period's late and then but I'll go and he's like your levels are fine so like I don't think it's your thyroid but we know that also stress can add to that so it's just kind of sometimes a guessing game for me where I'm like I don't know if it's the thyroid if it's just me if I was unlucky, it was just it's a lot to like balance at the same time. What do you do to manage your stress? So, so, so we know yeah. that stress affects your body. Then how do you make sure that you manage it? Work in progress, but recently exercise helps. I found that over the pandemic, I don't enjoy exercising. I like dancing. So I, I'm like a Zumba girl because that means that's closer. It doesn't feel like exercise fully or tennis. Even though I may not enjoy how I feel during, I do realize my mood and everything feels much lighter afterwards. Even as much as I try to convince myself it wasn't related, I'm like, no, it's definitely, (laughs) I just feel different. I also am really big into arts and crafts. So I like to paint just because your mind quite literally cannot focus on to like when you're like drawing it, Mm -hmm. it's focusing on what you're doing. I think it's like you're distracted whether you want to be or not. So I kind of have to trick myself into relaxing. I've also started therapy. So that helps as well myself for my career for practice for all of it those are good things for everybody for sure yeah yeah I'm still working on what because I don't think I'm anywhere near where I would like to be in terms of just not letting unpredictable stressors yeah Yeah. take over my life but working on it yeah well that's important so but it sounds like you really trust your doctor so I wonder you know you said you recently moved are you still seeing the same doctor that you saw originally and how did you actually find this doctor that you trust and you feel like he listens to you yeah I'm trying to remember I'm pretty sure at the time my mom probably did the research and my dad had seen her for something else and really liked her and so I just remember he because when looking up he kept getting the son on accident so we kind of knew that there was one in the family an endocrinologist and because my dad has such a good experience with his mother of course, mm-hmm. doesn't guarantee, but the family seemed in general really friendly, caring. Um, they are Indian. I know that's not black, but still people of color. So they do seem like it came up across in conversations. I feel more comfortable just, I don't know. I know he gets in. He's also a little younger. So there's just, um, I guess we just kind of went through the family. We're like, okay, maybe they're all kind of cool. And so we went that. And then just off the bat, he just really, I just kind of like how he speaks to me. It doesn't feel like, he's talking down to me like he even sits like on the desk it's very casual and I also feel like he picked up really early on that I was very stressed about this so every time it's quick to be like when he's telling me something new he was like it doesn't it's fine like I'm just gonna we're gonna do this it's nothing that you need to worry about even when he first found the node he was like let's just tackle this next time he's like because I'm not concerned about it and I don't feel he's like you don't need to add that um, to your list right now and he's like when you get back we'll see if it's bigger or anything and he's like and then we can um, check on it because I'm just not worried about it so I just think he caters his bedside manner to me so it's really great that you found someone especially with a chronic condition who yeah. who is who is so uh, open to being a partner with you yeah and because of this I do travel <laughs> I mean Thankfully, it's only like a two and a half hour drive. And because it's six months, I can plan ahead. So I updated him that I was in school now. And I don't think he realized. And he's like, oh, did you come home? Like, because he's like, we can do um, Zoom calls or maybe something if, you know, you don't have to come. I'm like, to me, I was like, yeah, we can do that. But I was like, I'm not switching. Like, I made that very clear. I'm like, as long as you can keep continue to see me, I definitely just would rather stay where I'm comfortable. Do you 
have other doctors that you feel the same way about? I think for the most, like my primary doctor for a while was like this one man, he had been seeing us since we were out the womb. He lived in Trenton and I was pretty comfortable with him. He closed down his practice, but my mom found a black woman, Dr. Leah, and she, my mom just like enjoyed her. And so she was like, Kendra, I feel like you would also like her because she's just finished, like new to practicing. Mm-hmm. But the first meeting I had with her, just a physical or whatever, before I moved, she like asked me how I was and I immediately started crying just because it was like grad season. And that's why I knew I, one, I was comfortable and she didn't even, like, she didn't bat an eye. Like she sat down, we talked and I was like, yeah, no. So I think recently I've had luck in, and once I find these people, I just, I don't want to. Right. You don't change. Yeah. Cause it is. Because, <laughs> yeah. We've had experiences where just one off one more so in like wellness centers at college campuses. And I don't know if that's because they feel like it's so temporary. They're most likely not right. seeing us um, consistently, but mm-hmm. I found that's where I've had the most like uncomfortable. It's just, they just don't seem to care. It's kind mm-hmm. of like, let me just get you out so I can see the next student. Um mm-hmm. And I'm someone who doesn't like, like, I get very anxious going to the doctors to begin with. So, like, I don't want to be greeted with bad energy when I'm already working. <laughs> I don't need you to help right. do that. Well, I'm very glad that you have found those two that work with you, make you feel comfortable. And you seem like you're in a great place. Yes, yes, recently. Work in progress, <laughs> but it's gotten better for sure. Do you have health insurance? I do. Well, I'm on my yeah joint family one for now. I think you know, 20- because like I was wondering, you're you have to take this medicine every day. Mm-hmm. You have to see this doctor every three to six months. Is that fully covered by your insurance? Is that something that you think about? I think I've been privileged enough so far not to have to because my mom is pretty much on top of because it, it, when it started, I was nowhere near working. I was just vibing in undergrad, but I'm, I'm almost positive it is covered um, because I'm on like a service that just every maybe six months. Like it took a pretty big bottle, but they just resend it. Mm-hmm. It's covered, but I know, obviously I've never thought about it because I didn't have to, but like, if I didn't have insurance, I'm like, and you have to take this medicine mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. I can imagine the extra layer of stress. Yeah. Stress and worry. And you don't even need stress when you have this already. So it sounds like your mom has helped you navigate the medical system. What are the things that she does? Well, sure. I I show like research, I think multiple options, but we don't, we don't just pick the first one that comes up on the list. I feel like I haven't had sat down and have a conversation with her fully about her thought process, but I think it's also more of a vibe thing. Like if I do go to someone, okay, because it's, so it makes me anxious to go to doctors. I'll go. And even though I may not have like loved it, I'm like in my head, it's, it's more anxiety provoking to start over and like go find someone else. I'm like, oh, this is here. This is easy and convenient. And she's good about being like, Kendra, like if you weren't, comfortable like we don't have to like it's not that difficult to just now you know cross them off start over and try someone else but I'm like redoing the process reopens it for me because I'm like okay at least they they know me already I don't know if I want to like now have this new interaction again like start over start up mm-hmm. and meet someone else and I you know. don't know if it's going to be better or worse exactly <laughs> you know because like in the long run it's better to just find someone that you're comfortable with no matter how long it takes I guess um than to subject yourself to incompetent healthcare or just uncomfortable especially as health is so important yeah Yeah, it is but I understand because it takes time it -hmm. takes effort every time you do that yeah it's got to find the balance yeah oh I procrastinate going to doctors just because I'm always afraid that it's going to be a serious diagnosis of some sort but the more I every time I say this out loud I realize it'd be much better (laughs) find out now than three years from or whatever long you want to procrastinate too 
And usually after I work myself up and I'm stressed and I go, like either the results are fine and I do feel 100% of the time I feel better leaving the doctors, most likely. You know, even if they're saying like, here's the new medicine, I do feel better because now I know. But the way anxiety is set up, I don't remember that end feeling enough. And so now I'm getting to a time where I'm like, Kendra, you have to remember like how much better you felt, like more peaceful I felt afterwards. So like if I can sit through the 10 seconds of discomfort, because in the end, I feel so much better. I'm not spiraling. I'm not making up my own diagnoses (laughs) at home. I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to kind of live more by that motto than to sit and procrastinate such appointments because I'm worried about the result because the result's going to be there whether I go to the doctor or not, right? Like if right. something- Whether you know it or not. <laughs> yeah, whether I know it or not, it's not going to go away just because I did. They're like, my thyroid's not going to fix itself just because I didn't go to the endocrinologist. So I'm like, you might as well just deal with the small part to get mm-hmm. to like the end result I want. If you had a girlfriend who was having some of the same symptoms that you were having, but wasn't sure what to do about it, what kind of advice would you give her? I swear I do. Like I tell my, and they're like, I'm like the thyroid police. But every time my friends are like, I'm tired. I'm like, girl, I'm like, it's that thyroid. And they're like, everybody's thyroid is broken. I think I would just advise them to bring it up to their primary doctor, explain. Like yeah, I don't think it's a problem to tell a doctor what you think. think yeah, it's going on. Wrong. And yeah. I think a good doctor will listen to you. They may not agree with you, yeah. but, and sometimes, you know, you might have to push them to give you the test yeah. or whatever it is to confirm it. Yes. But I mean, going in there armed with as much knowledge as you can and sharing that with the doctor to me is a powerful thing. Yeah, I do have like, a friend of mine, she's been like a regular for a couple of months now. And I'm telling like all jokes aside, I'm like, okay, I know I joke about this, but I'm like, seriously, like, why don't you rule that out? Just because I know they just are so connected. Mm-hmm. And she explained to me that a couple of years ago, her thyroid, it was giving a little irregular, but she was like, they kind of just were like, oh, maybe you just need vitamin D. Like they gave her like vitamin D pills uh-huh. instead. And I told her, and because like her period was fine but her, like the actual blood results of her thyroid were a little off, they said, but like not enough. And I think, and I thought about it. I'm like, I don't think unless I had such a, like, like my period didn't show up, like they couldn't ignore so obvious. That. Yeah, Like it was so obvious, but something tells me if I was just went to the doctor and said, oh, I'm feeling a little tired. Like, I just don't know if we would have gotten here. So I feel like it was like a blessing in disguise that I had such an extreme symptom because I feel like I would have to advocate a lot more, especially cause she was, she's white. And so I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I'm like, if they didn't listen to you, I don't know what would happen to me. Um, so I'm right. like, they couldn't ignore the fact that my period was missing and I wasn't pregnant. So they were like, we have to do something here. We need to check on something. It takes you seriously. Especially because a blood test is not that hard to do. It's not like you're asking for a CAT scan. <laughs> and even sometimes you should ask for a CAT scan. <laughs> I'm sure there's a normal range and then mm-hmm. there's a range that's a little below normal. And doctors usually work on, or the medical industry on statistics, whereas if it's 10% low, for, that might be something really important for one person, but it may not be for someone else. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how doctors try to evaluate that. And all they can do is listen to the person. So Right. Individualize. I mean, that's the thing. Treat me like an individual because how I'm feeling and what my experience And believe me, believe me when I say is yeah. data for what we're going to do yes. based on whatever the condition is. Who or what inspires you to try to be as healthy as you can? 
I think probably what more so is the fact that mm-hmm. I'm just afraid. This is so extreme and it's made me dark. I'm just afraid of dying, right? And I know there's so many other ways to die other than your health. But to me, I feel like it's one of the ones that we have some partial control over. Right. I mean, at least keeping up with it, right? Like there's certain things that are outside of our control, how they'll end, but you can at least take the steps to either put it off a little bit or just work on yourself or just, just to be healthier. So I think it's more so like, even though it may be a little extreme, my, it's just my fears of the future or like just wanting to live a long life. I just feel like there's a lot of things I want to do. And I know I'm young, but I just want to make or well, try to ensure that I'm around long enough to do them. No, um, that, that's, that's huge. That's, we want that for you too. What are you going to do for your health tomorrow? Oh, actually, I have a therapy appointment. So mentally, you know, I'm going to let some stuff out. It's going to be a good little conversation. Yes. I think that's what I'll do. And I also am going to get on my, I bought a little Peloton bike recently. <laughs> I'm forcing myself to get on that either probably after my session. So yeah, maybe so physically, mentally, try to do two for one and then go to class. So is there anything else you want to say or tell us? I feel like don't be afraid to ask for help or to question your health, especially because you know your body best um to take the necessary steps it really doesn't or like don't let age also be a factor sometimes I feel like because I'm young they're like you know you may not be taken as seriously but enough time someone's gonna listen if you keep talking so I feel like <laughs> just what I keep talking <laughs> nobody knows your body like you do nobody knows what you're feeling nobody, <laughs> believe what you're feeling I love that you were in college but you believed that this was not normal for you to be tired like that hmm. and so you went and looked into it well thank you Kendra we really appreciate thank it thank you for having me I am so impressed by Kendra My main takeaway from that conversation is that you never know what people are living with. I mean, look at Kendra. She's young, beautiful, vibrant. So unless she told you otherwise, you would never know she's living with a chronic condition. And this conversation with Kendra and talking about her chronic condition pointed out to me the fact that those with chronic conditions and those who have to take medicines for life have another factor that they have to consider always when they are making decisions about their bodies and and life choices. Another takeaway for me from this conversation was the relationship that Kendra had with her doctor. He really paid attention to all of her needs, not just those related to the hypothyroidism. He knew that certain things would stress her, certain tests, And so he scheduled and worked around those other issues that she had to best maintain her health around her thyroid. So having a doctor who can be a partner with you in maintaining your overall wellness is really a valuable asset. For resources related to today's topic, please see the show notes or visit our website, bodywealthsisters.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at BodyWealthSisters and to listen next week when we discuss repairing aging joints with Martha Taylor. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode inspires you to increase your body wealth. If you like our show, please subscribe and tell a friend. The Body Wealth Podcast shares personal stories to inspire you. It does not constitute medical advice. 
For that, we encourage you to work with a trusted healthcare provider. We also want to remind you that the views expressed by our guests are their own. This podcast is dedicated to our mother, Jean Fernandez Barbour, who showed us what advocating for yourself really looks like.